Hello, everyone, and welcome to another daily objective. Today, the daily objective is to understand the popularity and to evaluate the self-development, shall I call it fashion or industry or trend. And today, my co-host is Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Nikos. How are you? It's good to be here. Nice, nice. Thanks. So, self-development. So, I checked it. I checked the data, and turns out self-development is a ten billion dollar industry per year, which means there are many people who want to invest in becoming a better version of themselves. And this is, on the surface, at least, this is something very good. And apparently, more than nine out of ten millennials every year they start their year by setting some goals for themselves from some area that they want to improve. And usually it's something like weight loss or be more active or things like that. And right. it, it has given rise to so many new professions. So, for example, the life coach, applications, web apps, seminars, all that stuff. Yeah. But the question is, is the, is, is, this, is the philosophy, so to speak, behind self-development a good one? Because quite often it's being, it's, it's, there is a mix of, mysticism or of irrational ideas or new age spirituality which some parts of it might be good other parts not so good so overall have you got personal experience with self-development do you think it has helped your life actually i have and i think that we have to distinguish uh one of the of, of the paths of self-help that uh, of course involves a lot of mysticism and tries to teach that you need to surrender control in order for the universe, you know, to unravel itself. Okay, kind of the Paulo Coelho mentality in The Alchemist or The Secret that became like this uh, best-selling book about, you know, that, like you just have to trust and, and, and also the misunderstanding about quantum physics, where people believe that there are these uh, connections, you know, that are so mystical. I even, I have met people that think that they are connected with other human beings in like uh, a different dimension than the third dimension that can, they can even access when these people are eating or suffering or going to sleep. So I think that one of the, of the self-help branches has gotten into that mystical approach that of course because there are things that are unexplicable still in life uh they get a lot of attraction but then i have also encountered another type of uh of self-help for example i did the emotional intelligence course of uh the work of byron katie which is like worldwide renowned and i actually find that it has a lot of lessons that are quite congruent with objectivism because uh it starts with the premise that you suffer according to your ideas and you have to go to the root of those ideas, not staying in the, in the victimhood process of just the feelings. And, and, and feeling, yes, feeling is necessary and you need to acknowledge your feelings, whatever they are, if it's anger or happiness or suffering and understanding what is the idea behind that suffering, which in most of the cases is something that we can actually control, the things that we think we can actually have control on. So 
the work works uh, to, to, to be repeatedly twice uh, in, a, in, a, in a sense of questioning the things that you think in the first place. Like, for example, I'm suffering because uh, um, my daughter is being um, uh, mean to me. And so the work asks, is that true? And of course you say, yes, of course that's true. She's mean to me all the time. But then it goes like, it's an absolute truth. And it, it, it works for you to find exceptions where that hasn't happened. And it also teaches you to reverse the, the initial idea. And how do you feel when you get loose of that idea? One of the best examples is in YouTube uh, with, with Byron Katie. And this woman who is genuinely frightened that Donald Trump is going to cause the third world war and a nuclear holocaust. So it's very interesting to watch how Byron Katie brings this woman with her absolute mentality that Donald Trump is going to cause the, the nuclear holocaust and how she brings it out of there. Also, there's a book of Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I don't know if we can say that word, but in that book, he teaches that instead of always trying to pursue happiness as this blissful stage, happiness is actually the reward that you get from overcoming obstacles. So you need suffering, you need to be neglected, you need to uh, overcome difficulties in life in order to act truly achieve happiness. And another book that also teaches that is uh, Jonathan Haidt's uh, The Cuddling of the American Mind, uh, how this generation is doomed for failure precisely because they are trying to blind them and, and, and put them aside of the suffering and, and the difficulties in the world, making them more fragile. So uh, also there's a book of, uh, of Nassim about a uh, anti-fragile uh, mentality and and all these teachings of self-help are actually for me quite congruent with objectivism which is it's not about ignoring suffering and being like this happy buddha all the time but actually understanding that fulfillment in life comes from overcoming difficulties with resilience yeah and there is something in the core of self-development as you said which is congruent with the ideas of freedom. So for example, if you do the, if you go a bit back, the first book on self-help comes out with that term on the title, comes out on the 19th century. And it's the time of the industrial revolution. And actually it sells more copies than John Stuart Mill or, or than Darwin's book. And this is because that's the first time in recent history that people realize my life is more or less in my own hands. So for example, we cannot imagine of a self-development book in the 1930s Soviet, Soviet Union or in Maoist China, because then the point is not to live your best life. The point is you need to improve. And they had people which they saw as heroes because they were very productive for, for the total, like for, for, for the group. So the mere fact that you see your life as being able to become better, I think is very important in a time which is full of determinism, where people are telling you, and from science to Hollywood, that your life is kind of determined by what happened in the past. So what is the usual thing in a Hollywood superhero movie? You see that moment in someone's childhood that made someone a super villain. Or we saw that also with Joker, how 
he cannot escape kind of his predicament. So the mere fact that that you are consider that you think that this thing is something that can change is is something which is uh, which is indeed good. Now another thing I want to throw on the table is: is there an element of second-handedness? in self-development, because if you try to think what was the equivalent of self-development back in the day, I would think the hero stories. So for example, the Iliad would, from ancient times, it would show you Achilles and his virtue and his, and his uh, you know, his skills. Or if you take, for example, the Fountainhead or, or these kind of books, they kind of lead by example. So you see a hero and the hero, as with heroic art, is basically calling to you to do a bit better in life. It's, it's, it's leading by example. Do you think there's this element in self-help that quite often, A, it's either telling you that, well, whatever you are, you're good. Accept yourself, right? And this could be, as we discussed in the past, this can be good, but this can also be a trap because if you accept things that you can change, then there's no space for development. And the other thing is, is this element of basically, here's the method, I'll take you by the hand, and it's basically fake it till you make it. So is this a good technique or is this a trap because you end up basically relying less on your judgment and you end up someone else, but someone else not control from within, but control from without. I think that that is definitely a risk. It's actually a risk of people who have abandoned objectivism that, that were objectivists, but I think that they were faking it until making it and when they cannot make you make it whatever make it is because that is also something that we need to define is it fake it to make it uh to do what you know and i think that that's the core issue what are the things that are valuable because if people are looking for self-help without having clear what are the principles in life that are valuable for them then the technique is not going to work. It's like if something gives, if someone gives you a map, but the destiny is not something that you're looking for. So I think that self-help without philosophical premises of what is it that you cherish in life, what is it that is valuable for you, is not going to be useful. You know, you first have to have that that time of discovery, and I think that that's why Anne Rand. Uh, provided in the 20th century tools that didn't exist before and were not as clear as what she did because it, it is like you cannot uh, you know skip the steps into going to give me a roadmap to be happy if at first you don't understand what happiness really is and what are the principles and the values that you really uh, want to pursue. So I think that there is a lot of emptiness in the world. I was discussing this with a with a friend of mine in, in Guatemala. She's half American, half Guatemalan. And she brings US uh, students as volunteers to you know give classes in, in Guatemalan schools and often uh, happens what Jonathan Hyde describes in the book. These kids are so not used to poverty, are so not used to difficulties in the world that when they arrive in Guatemala, they cannot understand why indigenous people way more poor than them are way happier and not as frustrated as they are in a capitalist consumer system. So we were talking with her that yes, sometimes material wealth is sold as an automatic solution 
to your spiritual emptiness. And it doesn't work. And then you have a lot of people in the developed world who are absolutely miserable, although they are living with material world wealth. And then you have people that maybe they don't have uh, that material wealth, but they, they, they feel more contempt and they are more resilient and, and you know, more used to suffering and therefore more happy. So I think that the self-help manual is not gonna be enough unless we understand wh where is it that we want to go and what are the true things that we value. And I do believe that people who put their value with material stuff are absolutely miserable in the third world or in the developed world. And, and, and that is, a, I think, a challenge that we must uh, take on uh, people who, who, you know, fight for freedom. We need to communicate to people that far away from, from defending capitalism because we are materialists and because we believe that people are worthy for the material stuff they have, it's up, it's absolutely the contrary. It's let the markets be free so then people can have free time to invest in their intellect, in their emotions, in the things that make them human. When the markets are freer, you have more leisure time uh, to, to spend in, you know, understanding yourself, I, I think. Yeah, one agreement and one aster is clear. The agreement is, I remember the line from Francisco's speech in Atlas Tribe, money is basically, I'm paraphrasing, a vehicle. Money is not the driver. Yes. Your values are the driver and they will lead you. If, you, if you're a corrupt person, the money is going to actually show the world your corruption. But if you're a valuable person, they're going to they're gonna be your reward. The thing, the reason I'm a bit skeptical in sometimes with the self-development movement is because they misunderstand this and they bring the money won't bring you happiness mantra. And quite often this has an anti-progress, anti kind of anti-growth element. So basically it's, it's, it's this trend that says, well, progress has gone too far. People don't need economic growth. But actually, if you see, for example, the third world, one of the biggest problems is they lack cheap energy or they lack things that we consider as self-evident. So I think we always need to make the case that growth and materialism properly understood is important as long as you have the values and it helps you enjoy life. Now, the last thing in the, in the final three minutes that we have is what's the experience, how is our experience of the last four months changed our understanding of self-development? Because if one thing became clear to me during COVID, but also during the last some chaotic weeks in the United States, is that it's so important that every day you become a bit better physically and mentally and, and emotionally in every possible way. Because at the very end of the day, you are, as they say in the self-defense community, you are the first responder in any crisis. So we saw, for example, at least in the UK, the hospital is telling you, well, if you don't feel bad, unless you're about to die, don't come here. Or quite often we saw the police being saying, uh, we, can't, we can't deal with these issues. If there's a riot in your neighborhood, I don't know, hide. So I think if in the last four months or so, people didn't take the message that you have to take yourself very, very seriously and you have to invest in yourself. And they, you know, the left is going to say, oh, that's very neoliberal. It's atomizing. No, it's basically saying it's my life and I take responsibility 
for my life. And this is the most human thing. It's not anti-human. It's, it's not called atomizing. It's recognizing reality. So what's, what's the message that you got from the last months and has it changed in any way the way you approach your everyday life or your process of code self-development? Uh, thank you, Nikos. Well, actually it enhanced every single thing that I defend in my life. Uh, this crisis has made it more clear for me why is it that I defend the individual as the core of the society? And I have had present the children's story about the ant versus the grasshopper and, and the hard work of the ant. And how is it so important for you as an individual to have the material means by by saving, by being responsible with your own finances in order for when a crisis to hit, for you to be able to survive it and not be like the grasshopper, you know? I, I think that that is one of the lessons that I draw. And the second is that the only thing that can save you from COVID or from any disease is your immunological system. And the only one responsible, not only responsible, the only one who can actually do something actively for your Im immune system is yourself. It's not your government, it's not your president, it's not your mayor, it's not the police. It is yourself. And the best medicine starts with food, with the food that you eat. And I think that it was a horrible mistake to make people think that uh, health was uh, being uh, closed in your, uh, enclosed in your home. I think that that was a, a, a complete disaster. And I think, I hope that people now understand that the only ones responsible of their immune system is themselves, whether the collectivists like it or acknowledge it or not, only your immune system can save you from COVID, not the public policies of Trump, not whatever uh, subsidy or, or, or new tax on health, that's not gonna save you. Actually, the only tool that you have is that one and it's in your hands. So I think that this is a big lesson about the virtue of selfishness on how uh, having a self-interest in yourself is the best thing you can do uh, to stay healthy, to stay alive and to be someone productive in your society. And to any determinists who say that Greeks are inherently lazy or something, let me say that this story of the ant and the grasshopper originates in ancient Greece, or at least that's really? what we hope. Yeah, so our, our ancestors basically gave us a warning that, look, hard work is good and it has nothing to do with the Protestant ethic or whatever. That's a universal premise. Anyway, Gloria, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Many thanks to our audience and see you all soon. Bye, everyone.